We interrupt Critter Vision to bring you this important news. President Donald Trump has shit out his doo-doo ass. Early reports indicate that the doo-doo ass has been lost in the sewer system of the White House. As a result, the president is now assless. It's right. President, the flash coming from Washington, apparently official, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the president has lost his doo-doo ass. Ah, so he's going home tonight, so everything's fine. I don't know why everyone was uh, freaking out and thinking that he might be sick. He'll be fine. They just pumped him full of a... Uh, uh, they pumped him full of Hunter S. Thompson's trunk load of experimental drugs over the course of, like, three fucking days. <laughs> he's gacked out on mind-bending steroids. And they're going to send him home because he's bored. It's fine. I don't know why anyone is saying anything other than that. You're pretty owned if you think that he's got any problems, that he's in trouble at all. He'll be fine. We're on track now for the Herman Cain, which would be the funniest possible outcome. He runs. He does not die before the election. He runs. He loses to Biden in a kind of an anticlimactic landslide, and then he dies like a week later of COVID. Uh, that is officially. I've looked at it by any metric. That's the, by cosmic irony, by just just desserts. I mean, just removing the fact of Joe Biden being elected president while being completely unaware of his surroundings. That's funny, regardless of who he's running against. You put these things together, and then him dying of the disease that he said didn't have, exist for six months, it's too funny for words. So that's why I'm thinking it might have to happen. He is, because he is on the Herman Cain track, because Herman Cain recovered. He was doing good for a little bit there. And then, But I will say this. Trump might not die. He is already an abomination. He is a medical oddity that he's alive regardless of coronavirus. This human refrigerator of fucking uh, pig meat. Uh, this guy who's hard as a canned ham. Uh, being alive at this point is, is absolutely defiant of all science and reason. So he could survive COVID. But I don't think his swag will ever come back. I don't think he will ever be the Trump who haunts the nightmares of libs and and uh, jolts the groins of our nation's uh, MAGA faithful uh, or amuses the, uh, the coping and uh, uh, allegedly detached, overproduced elites who listen to podcasts. But, like, he's not going to be able to golf. Never going to be able to go. Like, they said today, they asked him, did he, have, did he have lung damage? And they said, that's a HIPAA violation. They said what his fucking blood pressure was. Is that not a HIPAA violation? He's fucked. <laughs> like, his body is cached. He might live for another 20 years, like, just hovering around in one of those dune senso belts. But he's, uh, he's never going to be the swaggering pimp uh, rolling, rolling through uh, hooting crowds, throwing out plague-infested hats to him. Uh, he is absolutely leaving against the medical advice. There's, I mean, you, you, not only was he leaving against the medical advice, he also took a bunch of experimental, high, uh, highly dangerous drugs for old people uh, because they told him to. Because he told them to. It's called VIP syndrome or something like that. 
uh, where, like, if you have enough, because doctors can only kind of, like, browbeat you into doing things using their authority over you as medical professionals. And eventually, for most people, your confidence gives out in the face of medical certainty. But Trump, not only is his confidence never going to give out in the face of anything, he is the president of the United States. He's got the nuclear football three feet from it at any time. So he took all those crazy drugs with, uh, just because he wanted uh, he wanted to get it over with. He wanted to fix it because his whole thing has always been finding a silver bullet to just fix it because he doesn't want to think about it anymore. Like he doesn't want to think about anything re- revolving around vulnerability or frailty because it's because it, death is, is what stalks him because his consciousness is the only thing that's real in the universe. He can't even conceive of his own death, which is why he acted the way he did after he got diagnosed, which is amazing. He went to a... Like, going to Ohio and throwing his hat into the crowd, okay, like, those people, he, they're nothing. They're, they're, they're Ponsman. He has no, he has no uh, respect or need for them. But he went to a fucking $250,000 a plate fundraiser in New Jersey and coughed all over the buffet for a bunch of high-level Republican donors. Like, you either do that because you are some sort of, like, uh, sneaker agent, like, there was a joke early in his term that he was actually some Maoist third world is trying to bring the empire down from within, or you just don't even think of it. Like, the idea, oh, no, they're gonna, I mean, obviously you don't care if anybody else gets sick, but there are certain people you probably wouldn't want to get sick, because it makes it harder for you to do whatever you want to do. But that's still, you can't, like, split the baby that way. There's nothing but delusion all the way down. And that I think is why it's useful to talk about capitalism as only operating out of its own perceived self-interest. Because even though it is this algorithm, you know, the value form that dictates human decisions, uh, you know, at the uh, there still has to be a human involvement uh, in directing like the optimal, you know, flows and living that life of of you know, maximal profit ex- extraction or or the life of being amongst people, these people, these these lizards, these non-human entities who rule over us, who's who have no human feelings, like they do not have human feelings the way that regular people do, which was always what was very uh, useful about lizard people as a metaphor because they are reptilian even if they aren't actual reptiles. Uh, but what that means, but you can't live that way. You can't live as a human being, constrained the way humans are. Like you're gonna die. Like, this is all going to end. Everything you've done, everything you've piled up, it's just going to sit there, and someone else is going to use it, and it's not going to be you. And, like, dealing with that reality is what brings us to groundedness and brings us to an awareness of our vulnerability and and the value of others, because others will be here after you're gone. And if you truly value other people, you will find sucker in their persistence after your death, and it will make dying, being aware of your death, getting closer to it over time, more bearable. But they don't have that. So they just have to believe, they have to deny that it is going to happen. Like, they are psychically um, fixed around an idea of their consciousness persisting eternally. And, like, the ones who think they're smart channel that into uh, life extension shit. Like the Peter Thiel's and the Jeffrey Epstein's. Oh, they're gonna cut my, they're gonna put my brain in a robot body or whatever the fuck. Um, and the dumber ones like Trump just don't even think about it. They just pretend it won't happen. 
And when they do have to think about it, they get a little angsty and then they do something else. And then the thing is, that's why they're miserable, because at least like a Peter Thiel guy can have some sort of, some sort of, at the, you know, right before night comes, when you're getting ready to sleep and there's that, that existential chill. Like, he can think, oh yeah, no, uh, I'm going to, their technology isn't there yet, but I'll just take enough of this teenager blood serum to keep me younger so that I'll make it to 150 and then the robots will be there to take me into my deep nine, nine billions. Uh, but Trump doesn't have that. What he has is nothing, and so he is miserable every moment of his life. God, that fucking thing about him, about him freaking out and going, am I going to go out like Stan Chera? Am I going to go out like Stan Chera? His dumb buddy from New York Real Estate. And that's the thing. It's like, uh, Sanchez is a friend of his. They hung out. But now he's dead. And does he matter at all? Does Trump think about him at all? No. The, whole, the thing he can't imagine is, well, that'll be me. That'll be me someday. That will be me someday. Can't handle it. And that means that, means that he not only... What it does is, yes, obviously it makes him a bad person. One of the worst people we have. But it also makes him... Dumb. It makes him bad at even accomplishing his goals because it requires him to delude himself. And the thing is, is that up until now, that hasn't really hurt him because all he's really had to do at any given moment was have people pay attention to him. Like he didn't. Like we've, we, I've talked about it. Not, like his genius was never business related. It was getting famous and being famous because that's what gave him a sense of validity. That's what kept death away. Was the idea that he was known. If other people know that you exist and other people are talking about you, then you will never die. Uh, and and he was and he's been so singularly driven towards that goal and so fucking good at it that it has led him to the presidency. Because he coincidentally happened to exist at this precise moment in American history, as, as things were sliding towards this, you know, total subsumption into spectacle, the one person in a position to embody that spectacle was Donald Trump. But now there's a thing, COVID, that does not actually care about fame. Like it actually is a leveler, not in the sense that it affects everyone equally, because obviously it affects the most vulnerable most, but a thing that could hypothetically. Uh, get you no matter what and of course he made it happen by treating it like a not a big deal because he had to treat it like a not a big deal like people say he's a germaphobe I don't think that's really true I think he thinks people are disgusting and he doesn't want to touch them I don't think he thinks he's going to get sick he's afraid of getting sick in an abstract sense just like he's afraid he's going to die in an abstract sense but I do not think that he thinks of it in concrete terms of like getting sick in a specific way you know like he's not a hypochondriac around specific ailments because that's too real uh, it, it, he's just repulsed by everyone and, and they just call it germophobia but he, because a real germaphobe would have taken precautions against getting the goddamn virus and he didn't do it and that wasn't just him like well I denied it was real so I have to live that truth no he denied it was real because that was true to him and now and he was making it true to everyone else uh, and that meant that he was going to treat it and he was going to be cavalier and now even though he was the person probably best positioned in this country not to get it he has and it's going to fuck him up, even if it doesn't kill him. I, he's, it's going to fuck him up. There's no way it doesn't. You can only think a guy like that is immortal until he dies. Just like him. And the reality of it is hitting him. And like, so he's, he's suffering more than usual right now. He is in pain. 
Even if he doesn't die, he's in real pain. Nothing's going to happen. I don't know what that means. I mean, something happens every day of every... Every day. Something happens. What do you mean nothing? He's not going to die? Well, then something else is going to happen if that doesn't happen. Nothing is going to happen. It can never be true. Oh, man, I watched Saturday Night Live last night. I mean, it was a kind of reassuring to have it back, but then you watch it and you just see the way that they try to take something like that debate that we watched, which was a psychotic carnival of late uh, imperial uh, decadence, like uh, fucking Mad King Ludwig playing with his own shit, but um, they turned it into something relatively normal. And then, of course, they brought in Kamala, because, like, if you take that as face value, those two old men going at it like that, and neither one of them having anything in their head but, but like, the ghosts of ideas and, and memories and slights and and, uh, haunt, and without any connection to a greater project, without any ability to express or direct the flow of events, running for president, it's genuinely... Like I said, it, it, it's freeing, but also if you have any sense, if you have any investment in the system, terrifying. And nothing has more investment in the system than something like SNL, SNL's existence. SNL exists to normalize everything as it happens and turn it into just fodder and, 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 and strip it of any context and strip it of any implications. So you watch, if you're a regular lib, if you're an SNL viewer or SNL writer, you watch that debate the thought is, oh, it's okay because there's Harris, because there's a VP, because there's a whole party who's going to catch us. Even though if a guy like Biden can get in that position, and that's the position we vote for, then clearly something is off in this equation. We have, we have, un we have miscalibrated the fucking power dynamics in a potentially fatal way. But that's okay because there's a Harris. Mommy Kamala's going to come. Mommy Kamala's going to come, and she's going to rest... Uh, our head in her bosoms and, and, and lull us to sleep with a nice, uh, a nice soft Caribbean lullaby. Just fantasy, just fantasy. Uh, Jim Carrey wasn't that good. I thought Jason Sudeikis honestly was pretty good when he was on the show and he did Biden because he did it like a big dumb Labrador retriever. He wasn't senile enough, but maybe they could have given him a little, a little of that now because he mostly played him when you know during the 2016. And, and after that when he was still mostly known for uh, just being a loudmouth and not, and his brain hadn't really shut off now, shut off completely I don't really get what Jim Carrey brought to it or why he's doing it, it's very odd don't get it um, somebody asked me about Lovecraft Country I've spoken a number of times about Lovecraft Country I, I've stopped watching it uh, they went to Korea and I'm like okay, no uh, we're not, we're not intersecting with everybody on this. This is exactly what you don't want. But I just, I, I brought it up uh, because this person reminds me that uh, uh, Trevor from Champagne Sharks, who uh, is a good podcast and he's a good Twitter account, uh, he had a thread about Lovecraft Country, and I thought it really hit the nail on the head <coughs> in terms of one of the deep things wrong with it, beyond just the woke pandering. It's that um, it's clearly written by, yes, I'm sure the writer's room was 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 diverse as hell and and, and majority black probably, uh, but clearly not 
working class, clearly not anyone who's struggled in their life, uh, because the concerns of these characters who were black people in 1950s Chicago, uh, the racism they experience is very much filtered through the concerns of, like, the bourgeois. Like, moving into a white neighborhood, or, you know, uh, dealing with white co-workers. Like, these are all the, the stuff of modern racial microaggressions, which, you know, um, are part of the greater pro uh, phenomenon of American racism, but are the least grounded in material conditions, the most epiphenomenal to the system we have. But the characters in this, in this show, uh, you know, they, they don't suffer, they're not dealing with racism in a class intersection at all because the people making it have no context for that. But that's true of the people who make all this fucking art, which is why the representation argument is so hollow, because at the end of the day, it's just a representation of different strata of the bourgeois, of, of relatively well-off people arguing about racism and, and class and gender issues through the, their least consequential lens. Not unconsequential, not meaningless, but farthest from the, the, the center of gravity of these oppressions, which is where people are economically vulnerable. I'm not talking, like, obviously they have a lot of, like, intense stuff, like they got shot in the diner and whatever, but, but that's, uh, but that's, like, with the horror genre stuff, as opposed to the characters' concerns themselves. Uh, apparently they, they showed the Emmett Till funeral playing the song Cruel Summer by Bananarama. I don't, see, that to me doesn't really feel like anything other than, uh, than just a project that is unmoored to real pain, you know? This just seems like it's people play-acting towards oppressions that they've only experienced an echo of. So I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Everyone's excited about uh, Fratelli Tutti, good old uh, Francis, telling capitalism to back off. I mean, it's a good sign. I'm certainly, I'd rather have Francis than fucking uh, Benedict right now. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, Real question, how any institution as moribund as the Catholic Church can really participate from the top down anyway uh, in any meaningful movement, but it's, it's not terrible. Uh, I have not seen, the, I didn't know, I thought the Good Lord Bird was starting in November, I'm pleased to see it started, I'll watch it tonight. And I will uh, report back on the next stream. I am, uh, I am, I'm a little worried. Uh, it feels a little. Uh, it felt like I said. It feels a little soy. It feels like John Brown is a little epic. They're trying to make him relatable or whatever, or they're trying to make the whole thing relatable, which I think is the opposite of what you should do with that material. You should make it as foreign and alien as possible to make you have to re-examine this shit, like over the chasm of time as opposed to trying to make it make it realistic or like uh, relatable to, uh, to to people in our position but i'm not sure yet i have to see it
I still wish, I sure, sure wish it was Michael Shannon. I mean, Ethan Hawke's okay. He was really good in, uh, really good in uh, First Reformed, but the trailer didn't give me a lot of hope. Well, we'll report back. And then I think, depending on how it is, I might do a, an inebriated past chapo about John Brown. I know that uh, the dollop just did a three-parter, but I would do it more as, like, John Brown... Uh, in the context of the Civil War, and, the, and, the, and like his role in leading us to a civil war, like his what he what he means to like the broader po anti-slavery politics of the time, and then of course his memory and culture after that. What comes after Trump for the GOP? This is, of course, a question that's on everyone's mind now that the motherfuckers uh, uh, might be on death's door. And I've been thinking about it a lot lately. And I think that you will see in the immediate demise of Trump, either he loses in a humiliating way or... I, I, the joke of, like, oh, he's going to, you know, like come back and run in 2024, I think that, I mean, now, especially with the COVID... That's off the table. I don't think that's going to happen. So that means Trump is going to be gone soon. And the question is, how, who's going to fill that role? And I don't think any one person can. I think that he was so sui generis. I, I mean, he is sui generis in every respect. Like, his body is. How, he is a defiance of science and God to be alive. And he defies political reality. When he emerged on the scene, he had a combination of, of fame... Uh, and the specific type of fame, like he was, he was famous for being rich, but not in the way that like Steve Forbes was, because Steve Forbes ran for president as like a rich guy who was going to run things like a business and got his ass kicked, even though he had the flat tax as a as a gimmick. One is because taxes aren't really what's going to move people. You need something more flashy if you're going to run a celebrity only campaign, a celebrity first campaign. Uh, and two, he was a fucking dork. Trump was famous for being famous, but also he was famous for being, or he was famous for being rich, but he was also famous for being famous. Like he was, he had a TV show. He was charismatic. People knew him in the same context that they knew other celebrities who they watched in performances. And his performance was of a rich, successful executive who made tough decisions. Like he was literally like the way, almost identical to the way that the president of Ukraine is a guy who played the president of Ukraine on a TV show. It's that same level where, where the spectacle has subsumed the real. Um, and that's unique. No one else is going to be in that position. No one else has that kind of fame. Or, like, maybe they have a shadow of it, but he's been alive for 30 years, so that means that he's not... Like, Mark Cuban, younger people might know him, but, like, great-grand... I don't think grandparents know him. People who vote don't know him. Trump has been famous for being famous for 30 years. So he's known by everybody. Uh, and that fame meant that he didn't even have to run, put any money into his campaign. His campaign was treated as news in a way that other campaigns aren't. Campaigns of regular, can, uh, regular politicians, they have to compete in the media for media attention. They have to do, because they don't have a lot of money at the beginning, they have to pitch themselves in such a way that they can accumulate money, they can get backers, and they can get donations, and then they can buy, earn, buy, buy uh, unearned media. But the earned media 
I mean, he literally did earn that media for being for being monomaniacally fixated on being famous for the past 30 years, he, 40 years or whatever. He fucking earned that media. Uh, that's another thing that's totally in, in, individual to him. Uh, he was able to run uh, appealing to the core sensibilities of a huge percentage of Democrat of Republican base voters by appealing to things like immigration above all else and having a, a specific uh, big large-scale uh, policy around the position of immigration. It wasn't just immigration, it was building the wall. Uh, and he was able to do that while being totally independent of the party itself and having no uh, being in a position to be totally unconstrained uh, by that party's machinations. Like, the party would never have let anybody go that ham on immigration. They had their white papers from the 2012 campaign that said Romney lost in part because we alienated Hispanics too much. So we have we cannot be anti-immigrant in this country. Uh, and so as, a, as our main focus and our main party uh, platform, if we want to scare these Hispanics away. So, they, so anybody who had to be within the party and also the media, had, like... So they, anybody other than Trump had to was under the um, discipline of both the media and the Republican Party because they require both the media and the Republican Party to even have a spot to, to get to a position of patronage uh, by donors and then by the media in terms of attention and and uh, and bylines and, and, and minutes on TV that he didn't need to pander to. There is no one in the aftermath of Trump who meets those criteria. Some people say Tucker Carlson. But Tucker Carlson, I submit, is not anywhere near as famous as Donald Trump is. And while Tucker Carlson might have a similar effect in the uh, primaries of like galvanizing uh, the largest chunk of former uh, Trump supporters, I do not think that his appeal translates the way that Trump's did because Trump's appeal was partially or significantly apolitical, which uh, Carlson's is not. And I think that you can wipe out any sitting officer, you can wipe off any um, actual like political office holder off of being a comparison to Trump. Cotton, Hawley, no one, uh, fucking DeSantis, anyone who holds office. If you hold office, you are a regular politician. Which means you can, you're not as famous as these guys, as this guy, and you can never be independent of the media or of the party the way that he could be. And you're also a fucking nerd. You're a fucking charisma vacuum because you're not famous. He is famous. Uh, like, I joke about the MyPillow guy, but the MyPillow guy's problem is that he isn't that famous either. He's, he's just like, he's part, he's known by the same Trump people who like Tucker Carlson. Um... Because we're not just talking about getting another nomination. We're talking about competing for power. And any of the guys who might plausibly gather in the Trump base to a significant degree, I don't think have the ability to transcend that base, which is what made Trump specific and a specifically meaningful uh, uh, political phenomenon. And what make, would make Trumpism an enduring political phenomenon is if it can compete for power. And none of the people who are mentioned as potential successors to Trump, in my opinion, fit that criterion. I would say, though, that one might emerge through the process of jockeying for position in the after, aftermath of Trump. But who that is, I don't know. The, the Times will tell that. Uh, but 
one thing I would say is I think there will be a period of instability, like the times of trouble in 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 Russia after the death of a uh, of a uh, of Gudenov. Uh, oh, by the way, this I wanted to say this about Trump and, and Pence specifically uh, before I forget. So Trump is, was in the hospital for the weekend. First president to be checked in the hospital since Reagan got shot. Uh, he was on a bunch of wild drugs, including a very powerful steroids that are that have uh, significant psychological side effects, including mania and um, uh, uh, hallucinations. And at no point was anyone seriously talking about Pence taking over. Uh, no, like him, him holding power. You know, Twenty Fifth Amendment, short term, just. And I think that speaks to the fact that Trump is not, not appointed a successor, and that certainly if he did, Pence is not it. That Pence does not have what it takes to fill that spot, uh, and also that. I don't think I, mean, I think it more than anything it proves that Trump has not been making executive decisions for a while. Like the joke would be, well, what if he gets on the steroids and hits the hits the button? That's a real possibility if anyone in that room thought that they would let that happen. You know what I mean? I think that at this point, maybe there was at the beginning of his term, maybe there only has been in recently, but at some point, the people uh, in at the trigger points around Trump have basically agreed either explicitly or implicitly amongst themselves that there are certain things that they don't tell him, there are certain things that when he tells them, they ignore. Like, we know for a fact that he ordered the assassination of uh, Assad, ordered it, like, wasn't just talking about it, like, told Mattis to do it, and Mattis just said, we're not going to do it. We're not doing that. So, that means that, like, he has not actually been the president in the way that we think of that job for a while, if he ever was. Which is which, which which makes the fixation on him as a person and our, like I was talking about after the debate, our compulsion to scry through the entrails of his logeria to find meaning all the funnier. Is that he's not even he's not even doing the job that you think he's supposed to be doing. He is just sitting there. He's watching TV the whole time, like Reagan. And it's like, I think that's a thing people kind of get and maybe even walk around thinking in the back of their minds, but it doesn't prevent people from getting so wound up. I much prefer speculating on his physical health than, like, what his words mean. That's If it's all going to be just uh, this, this senseless augury, then at least augur around something funny. And whether he's shitting his pants right now, uh, whether his brain is, like, cooked, like he's got a 110-degree fever and he's hallucinating that he's at Studio 54 with uh, with uh, Janice Dickinson. That's funny. Which of Trump's children will seek the nomination? I honestly do believe that Don Jr. is going to run for office because he is... Don Jr. was perfectly named because Don gave him his exact personality problems. But he has less of his dad's talents, which is very much what happens with these families. 
because they take the money more for granted, they have less to do with the actual business, uh, and they fill that with uh, um, anxiety. They fill that gap of, of effective leadership and, and uh, control over their lives with, with anxiety around specifically their, him and his dad, uh, their dads. Because Don, Donald Trump was, has been shaped his whole life by the absence of the love of his psychotic father. As uh, And the same thing is true of Donald Jr. I mean, apparently he, after college, went and was a ski bum in Colorado. And he wrote about it in his stupid book. And, and he kind of talks of it wistfully. And you could see that like there was a desire maybe for him to live his own life. And he ended up going back to New York and, and working for his dad partially because he couldn't think of anything better to do and he was lazy and dumb and he wanted money without having to work for it and that was the easiest way to do that but honestly I think more than anything it's because he thought if he did that he could get his dad to like him like like Don Don did like Don became famous to make up for his father's lack of love I know this is all very dime store uh, psychiatry but like this shit is real you know like these kind of phenomenon like our, our relationships with our parents and stuff they are foundational and you can see with these famous people especially, like, the extravagant trauma that they're dealing with. Like, their whole lives are expressions of it. Um, and of course now, Donald is where his, where his dad was. His dad wouldn't quit. His dad kept working well after he had Alzheimer's. And he, uh... And he would go into office and they would uh, give him a phone that only went to his secretary and they would give him blank paper to write on. Which is, of course, that's literally what they did with Trump to, to have a photo op. They had him writing on blank paper. Uh, and so now Don Jr. has the same need. And his dad is as disinterested in giving it to him as his dad was. And now he's going to fill the gap. He couldn't fill it with fame the way his dad did because his dad was more charismatic than him and his dad was smarter at being famous. His dad was was a genius at being famous. Don Jr. isn't a genius at shit. Don Jr. is a perfect mediocrity. Don, Don Jr. is a perfect example of the absolute uh, emptiness within our the, 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 the most recent minting of our ruling class. The copies of the copies of the copies. The fail sons fail sons. Uh, and so he is going to go, because he can't be famous, he could never get famous uh, through his own talents, he's going to get famous the way that nerds and dorks and losers get famous, and that is by politics. I mean, he got famous basically as an accident because his dad did, and now he's going to try to keep it going by running for something. And I do think he's dumb enough to go straight for the presidency instead of even trying to build a base, you know, as a senator or something. But he, Or maybe somebody can talk him into running for senator. It basically, it basically will boil down to which political grifters get a hold of him and scam him. Somebody who's got a plan for him to run for senator somewhere or governor or whatever, or somebody who's just like, yeah, no, we're going to do a pump and dump on this chump. Pump and dump on the chump. And just have him run for president and then skim all the donations for viral ads where him and Nicholas Sandman dab at Wounded Knee or something. But uh, it's not going to be him. That's one thing I can say. He's he's not going to be the 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 uh, the caliph. He's not gonna he's not gonna be the, the he's not gonna f f uh, follow Muhammad. He's not gonna be Ali.
He just doesn't have any of it. Uh, Ivanka, people were very impressed by her speech. Uh, I honestly just don't think her energy vibes with the GOP now. Like, what she does is very girl boss, uh, and it's very, honestly, it's very Democrat. Uh, and the Republicans, I think they want what her dad's putting out. Maybe it's different with women, I don't know, but... Uh, I could see her running for something. I just don't think she cares to do it. I don't think that she is seems terribly interested in doing it. Like, you can see why Don Jr. needs to do it. I don't think Ivanka's in the same situation. Eric, as stupid as he is, is definitely smarter than the rest of them because he is appropriately arm's length this whole thing. Maybe aware that it could definitely bite them all in the ass, or some of them anyway. And of course, yes, the real answer to this is always Baron. Baron is the god emperor. Uh, Baron is the Quetzalcoatlrak. Baron will uh, it, it, it will imbibe the spice melange, infuse with the sandworm, and rule over us eternally, and declare uh, interstellar jihad. We know this. God, Kamala Harris being president in, in six months is going to be such a fucking trip. She is someone that no one likes, that no one, even in California, they don't really like her. No one voted for for president. At, I mean, literally, she didn't make it to the, a single fucking primary contest. Just popping in there like, hey, I'm the president now. After having a president who's so fully who is such just the center of this storm of psychic energy to have somebody who barely anybody can muster a thought about, it's going to be very weird. That energy is going to have to go somewhere. question is, where does it go? Tulsi, uh, Tulsi could be the candidate... Who split? Who who leads QAnon? Someone said Tulsi is a QAnon candidate. I mean, if Q, see, that's the real wild card. Is what happens with Q, not the Trump base, the smaller but distinct and growing section of that called Q, the ones who have this religious uh, fixation and have this this uh, eschatological cosmology with Trump at the center of it. I think if Trump dies, they will think he's still alive. They will. He will become the occluded Mahdi. There's no question of that. The same way that Jay Coot, Coot Jr. is going to come back. They're going to come back together at the right hand of Jesus. Uh, and they are going to really be looking for a Messiah, someone to herald the, the return of the king. Uh, and who that is, that will be interesting to see. I guess Don Jr. maybe could do that. He could be the Q guy. But among elected officials, Tulsi Gabbard really stands out. Uh, as the one to do that. Because her whole deal seems to be doing the Trumpism stuff, like like the whole Trump vibe, but without Trump and the associated stuff of Trump. And if QAnon gets like, keeps accelerating in its abstraction away from the original premise, especially if Trump dies, it could become, it could be, it could be adapted. But we'll see. We'll see. They might love. They might love Trump too much. They might. They might get too fixated on the blood. The blood is the life. The blood is the life. The blood is the life.
can we print money forever? I mean, for the foreseeable future, yes. Well, we know if we're the end, if we're the end of the global supply chain, we're, we're it. As long as we're the global reserve currency. Now, that might change. People have talked about the Chinese and the Russians trying to move us away from the dollar. Uh, but... That carries a lot of other consequences with it that a lot, I don't think any other uh, that those other countries are really ready for yet. But I think it's inevitable, honestly, that we get off the dollar, and it will be good to get off the dollar. It's just how we do it. If it's part of like a trade war, that'll be bad for everybody, I think. But if it's part of like a mutual drawdown from global hegemony to like a true multipolarity where we lose our position. Like, we don't lose everything, but we lose our position as the the uh, executive authority of global capitalism. And we distribute that power more equitably. So that would be good for us. Because uh, it, it would allow us to finally, you know, hopefully... It all depends on, like, what the political like what the political uh, background of it would be. You know, we're either gonna we're either gonna build guns, we're either gonna be build bombs and planes and aircraft carriers to kill uh, everyone until the wheels fall off. Uh, or we will and then there's just no more dollar and then the whole thing collapses. Or we uh, sort of spread that around, lose our role as the global hegemon and, most importantly, uh, uh, military overlord. And that allows us to recommit resources we do have, the real productive capacity we, have, we do have, to, I don't know, uh, building our own infrastructure, uh, creating a viable country instead of just a fucking massive meth lab. But, I mean, if I if you had to ask me what's more likely, it's going to be that we're just going to keep building, building planes and bombs until... Uh... But Wall Street isn't the only force. Someone says Wall Street is pushing for the loss of dollar hegemony. I'll tell you who else is pushing for the end of dollar hegemony. The fucking Trump administration, and more broadly the American government, in its overuse of sanctions. Like, people take for granted that the U.S. can just sanction another country, and they don't really stop to think, can anybody do that? Can you just sanction people? No, you can't. You can't control another country's economy. Unless you are the, whole, the, the one who prints the fucking money they use for their transactions. And then you actually can. And that's what we have done. And we have abused the shit out of sanctions. Uh, and as a result, there's a, a growing resistance to them. And a, and a resistance to the, the dollar hegemony that underpins them. But right now, the response to Trump dying, or Trump dying, but to Trump getting sick, I don't know. This is obviously not 
really empirical or rational. I'm just talking from like my my individual perception and my original emotional the the just the vibes I'm picking up, which of course they don't mean shit, but I after the convention after the debate I saw I kind of think people are just going to want to settle down. Like even though things are terrible and only going to get worse and it's like we have the, an eviction crisis and 200,000 dead on its way to half a million and and you know the economy is is in a K-shaped recession, a K-shaped recovery where where all the people who are worse off are going to uh, suffer the most and for the most and the most deeply. It's terrible conditions. But that rather than Trump leading us to this confrontation point that I think a lot of people really thought was going to happen. And I never did, but I could certainly see why people got to that point. Because he really was bringing us to a heightened point of, of, of social paranoia. Uh, that when you looked at it in connection with this you know, incredibly uh, bad economic and social condition in this country, could make you connect one to the other and think this is happening. But I think what instead happened is, is that Trump has proven to be sort of prefigurative. Like he is, he, he, through a number of flukes, popped up in advance of a, like a true crisis of, of, of political uh, uh, power. And as a result, that this election is ending up going to be a big deflation of the politics bubble. Even though things are bad, I think because a lot of what we think of as like this political hothouse is being stoked by people who have not really suffered. Those are the people who are the most politically engaged during this period. You can talk about how, oh, of course things could lead to confrontation and conflict. Look how bad everything is. It's like, yes, but people who are most directly affected by how bad everything is are generally the people who are least likely to be stoking this sense of political Armageddon. Uh, and I think we're going to get... They see the ter- horror of others, and it stokes them further towards towards frenzy, but their frenzy is psychological in, in origin, not material. And I think that that kind of thing can only be sustained for so long. And I think that at the end of this election, when he loses, which I think he will, and then certainly if he dies... There's going to just be this popping, this deflation of psychic energy. Not among his most deep supporters. They're going to go into the Q-hole, and there will be stochastic political violence out of those people. But I think even among a lot of Republican voters, there's just going to be this exhale. Because the people who are most politically uh, uh, polarized right now are also the people less, least likely to want to risk what comfort they do have, you know? to fight over resources that are still, for them, not scarce. Uh, Somebody said, will there be as much violence if Trump dies as if Biden wins? I honestly think if he dies, there will be less violence. Because I think most people will just the most fanatically fixated on it will just disbelieve it and like burrow deeper into a into a narrative which which will put them farther from the snapping point like that's why the that's why him losing an election definitely caused a number of people to snap because there's no way out of that one there's somebody else on tv that's that there's the thing called the president and it's not him anymore that's a real thing uh uh and he's over there not being president anymore 
But like, if if he's just gone, he could be anywhere. He could be anywhere. He could be. He could be. He's occluded. He's 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 the the, the king of the mountain, sleeping and awaiting his uh, resurrection. And that's not going to work for all of them. But I think a lot of them who might otherwise have snapped are gonna are gonna retreat further into fantasy. But I think even some Q people, honestly, might just wheel back and say, okay, that was weird. You know, like when they were really into Amway or something. Kind of a vaguely embarrassing chapter of their life that they don't want to talk about. You know, I know that, that sounds like, oh, that's uh, Pollyanna. That's like Biden saying the fever will break. I don't think that's true. Uh, I think that by the time, you know, by the time Biden's campaign, like, presidency really gets in there, whether it's him or Harris, you're going to see an explosion of political brinksmanship among Republican governors, like guys like DeSantis, secession threats. It's going to go wild. I'm just saying is that in the immediate aftermath, there's just going to be a lull. I don't know how long it lasts. Maybe it gets 100 days. But then it's going to explode again. Caw-caw, baby. Apparently some, some number of people have insisted that these are Blue Jays. Congratulations to anybody who can tell that. I, that's, I don't have that kind of birding knowledge. As for governing, nothing will get done. Biden's not going to accomplish shit. And the way you'll know that is when they, if the Senate, obviously if the, the Republicans keep the Senate, nothing's going to happen, period except for a grand bargain. But if they keep the Senate, or if they lose the Senate and then the Senate votes to keep the filibuster, nothing. But without Trump there to stir the pot, it's going to be harder to get people emotionally invested in that. You know what I mean? You need that figure there just drawing all those eyeballs. That entertainer-in-chief which I don't think Biden or Harris is going to be. I think at this point, uh, the Democrats could definitely take the Senate. Uh, polling is looking very bad in a number of, for a number of Republicans who I kind of assumed were going to do okay. Like Jody Ernst, until a few months ago, I thought was pretty pretty much assumed to get reelected, and now it looks like she's honest, obvious, she's done for. Like, she's down by over 10 points. She's fucked. Uh, hell, Alaska seat is apparently tied. Lindsey Graham is in genuine trouble. Uh, so is Tom Tillis. I don't know how much the dorky sex scandal with uh, his Democratic opponent is going to matter. I don't, I mean, does that stuff matter anymore at all? I honestly don't think it does. Susan Collins is done. Cory Gardner in Colorado is finished. That's a lot. I mean, I think that uh, Doug Jones is going to lose, but I think he'll be the only one they lose. And if he's the only Democrat who loses, and they lose five, something like that. Uh, oh, yeah, Marty McSally's going to lose in Arizona. Uh, hell, John Ossoff might win in Georgia. Uh, like, the, all you need is, like I say, all you need is, what, four of those to go? Even if you don't hold on to... Uh, 
Even if you don't hold on to Jones. And, uh, yeah. Someone says Doug Jones is going to win. I just saw a poll that had Tuberville up by, like, 10, so I don't know. It is Alabama. But I, I honestly do hope. I am rooting for the Democrats to win the Senate. I'm earnestly rooting. Not because I think it will necessarily lead to anything, but just in terms of, you know, if my job is, in, in, a, in one sense, to put it pretentiously, political education, you can't get much more politically, uh, politically educating than watching uh, Democrats take power and refuse to use it on principle. Uh, of course, for most Democrats, they'll never, ever, ever realize what's happening, but... It's not about all of them. It's not about the center mass. It's about the edges. It's about shaving off the edges. A new NBC poll has Trump up 14. I'm assuming not nationally. What state? Oh, Biden up 14. Okay. I thought so, because that's what I'd seen. I saw Biden up by 13. Yeah. Uh, like, this is where we were on the trajectory towards happening in 2016, as people point out. But Hillary is deeply, deeply unpopular in a way that Biden just isn't. People like Biden. In fact, Biden's favorabilities have gone up over the past four months. He was, like, net negative, like, 10 this summer. He is now plus two in favorability in the tracking poll. People like him. At least they don't... In, in comparison to Trump, he is more reassuring. His his brand of senility is less threatening. It's less ang, it's less anxiety. I mean, if you were going to be in the day room, think of it this way. If you were going to be stuck in the day room of a nursing home with Trump or Biden, who would you rather hang out with? Who would you rather watch Wheel of Fortune with? And there's going to be no... I mean... There's 0% chance that there is a Comey letter type situation. Like, that's not going to happen. There will be no Comey letter. Uh, if anything, there's going to be more shit with Trump and the COVID hurting him. Because you're in the, you are in the day room of the nursing home. You are also an old geezer. You're in this scenario. You are in the nursing home because you are also old and about to die. Just like we are all in the nursing home that is the United States. We are all watching the TV in the day room at the nursing home waiting for the day when we don't wake up. Biden is also in a situation where he doesn't have to debate again uh, because he can rightfully say this guy's going to fucking give it to me. He's going to give me a disease. But I'm, I don't know if, if Trump's going to be in a position to debate next week because 
I think we are... I think some people are really not taking seriously the possibility that he is really, really fucked physically. Because they gave him drugs that are only for use with very severe patients that have uh, that have documented side effects specifically on elderly people. Uh, also, the, the most dangerous period for the disease in terms of its likelihood to cause like a fatal uh, heart or lung issue is like 10 days into symptoms, which is next weekend. Hard time to immediately there's going to be another debate. Uh, I do I do think it's funnier if he dies after the election than before, which is why I think that's what will happen. But he honestly could die. I took log off I, to heart. I dropped off of, out of grad school and moved on to a sailboat. Hell yes. Sailboat, that's where it's at. You got a boat? Fuck you, global warming. I've got every, uh, every possible... Um, condition covered. I have considered the angles. So, smart move. And don't we love beautiful boaters, folks? Don't we love the beautiful boaters? We love the people in the boats. But of course, the beautiful boaters don't have sailboats. They have big old fucking outboards. Because sailing requires skill and ability. And discipline. And these people don't have any of that. Which is what makes them so disgusting to be our rulers. Because they are the Don Juniors. They are the, the, the second sons of the second sons of empire. And they have done nothing to attain the power that they have. They wield it with absolute lack of, uh, of respect for it. Uh, acknowledgement of its power. Terrible. It's it's a good example. Like you know, the old wasp elite, they sailed, you know, because they were uh, they were they were part of that ruling class that saw itself as distinct, and that felt that it needed to have certain uh, uh, things to ratify that. Like George H. W. Bush, the last wasp, and now they've been replaced by people who never had that. Like the, the the people who, who, who succeeded the American dream by just a tie acquiring. Uh, that that's that's that that was the, the, the unifying like class destroying power of America is that it removes noblesse oblige from power. And you know, in a in a respect that's good because it unmasks power, it removes its 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 performance of virtue and uh, its performance of um, dessert, you know. Uh, but also, it's just kind of gross. It's gross to watch. And also, they, are, they don't have the freedom and, and uh, independence of the old elite, because... Everybody's in hock now. Everyone, every women and rich people are all in hock. I mean, look at Trump for Christ's sake. The guy is basically function. Like people say, he's not broke. He's not broke. He has, but what he does is he doesn't have his own money. He has access to a endless, bottomless pool of credit, which is in effect the same, but which psychologically is different. 
He has he doesn't have the independent of old money. The independence of old money, of the old elite, of the landed elite. Will we be live streaming the Democratic debates? Yes. Uh, and I think that will be very funny because of how important, how much the, the, the press is going to be trying to build it up, build up the answers. There's going to be Solomonic disputes about everything that everyone is saying. They're going to get deep into policy. The, the, the uh, media response is going to be very policy-heavy because that is going to be them trying to reassert that the position of presidency has meaning. That, that these people have real responsibilities and they represent real political ideologies and policies. So it's gonna, they're really gonna, they're gonna really just go ham on it. Uh, it, it will, and I'm trying to think of how I'm going to, to add it, add it. I'm not gonna fisk, I'm not gonna give it, I'm mostly gonna probably uh, do a vibe checks. Just vibe checks. I'm going to try to disengage completely from the content. Especially since Pants has that really awful evangelical whininess, which is very, very annoying if you listen to it. Uh, evangelicals are the whiniest people on earth. They're so fucking aggrieved. And everybody's being mean to them all the time. And oh my god, just throw me in the lion's den already. And it's from a position of total superiority and power. It's just awful. Uh, and... He is, like, one of the worst examples of that. Every time you ask a question uh, of him, it's like, it's kind of a, it's an, it's an imposition that you're even asking. Ugh. Which is why Trump is so fun when he just doms those people. Just doesn't, like, panders to them in an insulting way that intentionally lets them know that he has no respect for them and they just have to take it. Well, you know, he's, he's like Cyrus. He's a... He's a noble pagan. Fuck you, buddy. You have to fucking take that shit. And P Pence is the perfect uh, embodiment of that. Just the piss, the piss jug holder. I'm not going to get as drunk as I did in the 2018 midterms. That's never happening again. Good lord. What a, what a bungle that was. Don't drink nearly enough to do that anymore. Yes, I would like to get Virgil drunk, though, on a, on a thimble full of, uh, of elf mead. Get him turnt. Nariat Yahoo, someone asked. This will be my last thing I uh, say for the, for the stream. Nariat Yahoo is so funny because he is like a Don Jr. guy. Like, he is, he is this fail son's fail son. He's this shitty, uh, like, the concentrated shit of the greater shit. Like, like it's in every way lesser than their, their parents, but also all... Basically, they are the worst traits of their parents con uh, condensed with none of the virtues at all. Now, of course, Trump and Netanyahu don't have virtues per se, but they have certain abilities and talents. And they don't. And 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 both Nair and Don Jr. have none of those, and only the defects, only the rancid personality. 
Uh, and what's so funny about Neri Netanyahu is that, because he's Jewish, but culturally he is an American, uh, he is a Trump. Because that's what, that's what Israel becoming a, that's what the Jews getting their own country did, is it took away the Jewish part. It took away the thing that made Jews, like, a, a real chosen and special people. Was there, was there orthogonal position to the cultures they were in? That gave that made it harder for them to sort of be be seduced into the mindlessness of of, of a national uh, of a false national consciousness, and then they get the country, and what happens? They are just as stupid and assholeish and 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 authoritarian and corrupt as us. They lose any of the virtues, and, and it's just all it's all the the worst parts, and and now and so, but our rich dumbasses. They have to blame somebody for why things are bad, and they, it ends up having to be the Jews because that's how it has to be. Because it always has to be, at the end of the day, some conspiracy. If you don't acknowledge the reality of, of capitalism as the driver of, of exploitation and alienation and, and misery in the world, you will have to end up... So if you're on the right at all, you have to end up with some cabal. And it's got to be... It's got to be the Jews because they're the ones who historically have filled that position. There's nobody else who's a plausible candidate narratively. And yet, Nair is in the position of having the exact same dumbass brain as Don Jr., but who's he going to blame? And so he ends up having to be anti-Semitic to himself. It's amazing. He posted a fucking uh, meme about, like, George Soros being led by a, by a scheming merchant, being led by, like, a, a reptile person. Amazing. That's why Nair is going to be like the only guy in the world who goes, who ends up believing in lizard people, but actually, because that's the only ones who, that's the only people who could be above the Jews or the reptiles. Bolsonaro's sons are in the exact same boat. Oh God, man! Can you, oh, can you imagine getting all those dudes together, Nair and DJ TJ and the Bolsonaro boys going to like? hunt and kill the world's last black rhino or something? Ugh. Yeah. Like the Hussein boys. Just the worst the society, the worst our culture, our world's social order could create. Alright, guys. Uh, talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.